0: I'm Jason Lee from the Bent and you're
1: listening to Urban Movement Radio. Holy. Oh. Blessings and greetings. I'm King David the Vessel of Yield Music Group, inviting you to stay tuned for season six of Let's Talk to the Lord, Gospel Radio Talk Show, created and hosted by Apostle John E. Ross. Keep it locked right there.
2: Trying.
3: you did it, you did it anyway. And in this moment, I worship at your feet. The tears, they flow, cause I didn't know that I was worth eternity. Your love for me, unchanged, and mercy knew my name. The grace you gave for the life you saved I will never, ever be the same You stay there They beat you all night long But you stay there They found in you there was no wrong You stay there You stay there You stay there Until
4: grace, I am Apostle John E. Ross. Welcome to Part 2 of the Resurrection episode of Let's Talk to the Lord, Gospel Radio Talk Show. Kingdom, our guest for this episode in Season 6 is Apostle Shalanda Y. williams Leonard, Minister Timothy Balknight II, and Chief Apostle Darren L. Williams. Kingdom, before we begin our journey, let's reflect on the precious gift of salvation to give honor and reverence to the blood of Jesus kingdom the agony our king suffered was seen so insignificant but for our acceptance of his gift of salvation with a renewed mind and an open heart to receive Christ by repentance and our changed character, to reflect such a precious gift. What better way than receiving and declaring from our mouths this divine grace and being made righteous in the sight of God? Apostle Shalonda Y. Williams Leonard, after Jesus knowing that all was finished, said in fulfillment of the scriptures, I thirst, Apostle Leonard.
5: Hallelujah. John 19 and 28 says it, and it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. Again, he said, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were accomplished, after all things were accomplished. Like when we're reading this verse normally throughout life, we try to make it extra, extra spiritual. We want to uh, draw attention to uh, I thirst after righteousness, I thirst after these things of God. But I want to bring this back to us um, in a place from uh, place of humanity with Jesus. Um, one thing that was very significant and very um, uh, uh, supernatural about Christ, that even as he is the Son of God, He came to earth to show us what it meant to be what God had created as a whole. And so when he said that everything was accomplished or he knew that everything was accomplished, we look back at everything else that he had done in this hour on the cross. And Luke, he um, asked the Father to forgive the people. Right, a selfless act, because even though they were taking him to the cross to crucify him, even in these final hours, he wanted them to know that they could be forgiven. And then in in Luke also, he actually turned to a criminal and showed him what real salvation was. At that point, the criminal said, I believe. And he says, guess what, you're going to be with me in paradise. And so he showed forgiveness in an even greater measure in Luke. And then in John, he says that, listen, I want my mom. To be taken care of. Let me make sure that she is with the person she needs to be with, that everything is going to be well with her. And then in Matthew, he then uh, begins to speak um, from a place of pain and vulnerability as a human being on this earth. Well, when he says this, that all things were accomplished uh, on the cross, even in his walk, as he showed people how to walk in grace and mercy, he showed people how to heal, even when they were talking about him, even when they were uh, uh, trying to get him to die, even before that, when they were challenging everything he had to say, Jesus walked this walk in a way to show us how we should operate as human beings in the earth. And so this verse says, after everything was accomplished, after what? After I showed you again what forgiveness really looks like. After I showed you again to make sure that you take care of those that belong to you. After I showed you again that, yes, even... Even in this moment, the pain that I am feeling is unbearable, but you can push through to the completion of your assignment, because remember, his assignment in this moment was to finish the work and go to be with the Father as his reward. And so he poured of himself, even in this, in these last hours, by forgiving and by seeing, too, the, the, the caring of, of his mother, by showing his humanity and vulnerability. Well, here we are again in a moment where he has to show vulnerability. Why? Because thirst is something that only belongs to us as human beings. As he crossed over, when he got to the right hand of the Father, there was no need to thirst anymore. But in this very moment, he wants to show us that, yes, there is so much that you can pour out. My God, there is so much that you can give, so much forgiveness you can give, so much of taking care of other people that you can give, so much of healing and and, and speaking and counseling that you can give to the point where you are now empty. The definition of the word thirst is a feeling of needing or wanting to drink something, a lack of liquid to sustain life. He is now at the point where there is nothing left in him to sustain life. Right before he has to say the words, I'm committing my soul. Right before he has to say the words that it is finished, and he bows his head and he leaves the earth. He once again shows his complete vulnerability to say, I have something that has a need within me. And he did not feel ashamed to say it. This is an encouragement to those of us today who feel like as we continue to pour out to the entire world and give of ourselves and this moment of of trying to help the body breathe again and live again as we give of ourselves, as we forgive others, as we show what true love really is. And now in this moment, there is a depletion of something, and Jesus gives voice to it. I don't know about y'all, and it's okay if you do not understand this. I'm not here to argue the point with people, but there's something about knowing that Jesus was fully human like me that gives me the confidence to know that I, too, can go on another step further. In this hour where we are going through pandemics and we're going through mental health crises and we're going through suicidal thoughts and we're going through heaviness that is so much that it feels unbearable, to remember that he is the one that can empathize and sympathize and relate to everything I've ever went through. That makes me feel a little bit more confident that I, too, can endure. The scriptures tell us that the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one who endures to the end. Endures to what end? The end of this life on this side before we actually have to go over to the Father. There is something about going through this journey that causes you to feel like you have nothing left. Now, listen, there was a time that Jesus thirsts before now. And we don't really talk about his thirst uh, when he was putting himself out there and, and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He took in nothing. 40 days and 40 nights, he had nothing to drink. I would venture to say that he was thirsty. But what was so different about this particular time on the cross? Listen, on the cross, I have now shown you that even in the worst situation of your life, you can still forgive. My God, even in the worst situation of your life, thinking about somebody else being taken care of is something that you can still do. Even in this place where people are mocking you and ripping your clothes and, and making fun of who it is that you said that God sent you to be, you can still stand up and be who God wants you to be. And, and then you can still show your humanity. How many of us would shrink back and not say that we need the help that we need in this hour? How many ministers, leaders, and teachers are not voicing the fact that they need drinks? How many of you are still doing everything you need to do, standing guard before the people, praying for everybody and their mama, doing everything that you know to do according to your calling, and then you shut your mouth when you have thirst? Oh God, in this hour, I believe this message is for this particular time and dispensation where you feel like because you pour out too much that you don't have anything left. And I ain't gonna tell nobody because they not gonna see through my need anyway. But I believe that Jesus wanted us to know in this hour, Hallelujah. I know I'm talking to somebody who feels as if you have nothing left on the inside of you. You given everything that you know to give. Hallelujah. The virtue has been taken away from you as people have been grabbing hold to your garment. But now, right now, in this moment, Jesus says, go ahead and be the human that you are. But I need you to understand that when you cry out, God is still going to respond. There were people at the foot of the cross who gave him something to drink, even though they did not have to. Listen, he's in the middle of people mocking him. Oh, God, he's in the middle of people talking real big noise about who he says he is, talking about, oh, did he say he was the son of God? In the midst of you being mocked, oh, God, in the midst of you being betrayed, in the midst of you feeling as if you have nothing left to give, you have nothing left that's going to sustain your life, I challenge you today to be who it is that you are and cry out, I thirst. I need something to help me to sustain my life. Until the point of my reward has shown, Jesus thirsts. He can relate to every woe and everything that you have going on in your life right now. Because of the resurrection, you can be forgiven, my God. And because Jesus was so to the point where he can relate to you, he's letting you know today that if you cry out because you thirst, it shall be fulfilled. I thirst. I'm devoid of what it is that's going to sustain my life, but I'm about to go into my reward. But I need you to know today that until the day that your reward comes, you can be filled. Your thirst can be fulfilled. Your thirst can be fulfilled. And so today if we take nothing else from this message of our thirst, we take the humanity of our Christ, the one who gave it all for us, because believe it or not, he could have at any time said, No, I give up on this assignment, but he didn't, even to the point of vulnerability. So I know in this season you may be going through something that makes you feel like life cannot be sustained, but I beg to differ today. Cry out and watch God fulfill this need. Cry out as our Christ did, leading into his season of reward. This is a prophetic message for some of y'all that are listening. I know you're at the place right now of feeling so dry in your mind, in your voice. You feel like you can't speak the way you need to speak in this season. You feel like you can't go on a little bit further. I'm so You can't go on in this season, but you can indeed. Until the time of your reward comes, you shall be sustained. Jesus said it. He was vulnerable enough to say it. I thirst. And so in this season, if you thirst, cry out, but you shall be sustained until your day of reward. In Jesus' name. Apostle Ross, back to you.
4: Kingdom Jesus is our living water. I guarantee with just a drink from his will, ye will never thirst again. By saying it is finished, Jesus declares there is no more need for sacrifices because of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Minister Timothy Balknight, when Jesus breathed his last breath, as he was hanging on the cross, the sun darkened, the veil of the temple torn down the middle. Yeshua called out with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend and entrust my spirit. Minister Balknight.
1: From conception to our actual birth, even on through our adolescent lives, we're dependent on and trust our parents wholeheartedly. Since our parents or those that love us like our parents are always there for us, it's almost instinctual for us to know that if we have a need, they'll take care of our need. To the point where many people as young adults and some even as adults impulsively do things and make messes because they know that their parents will be there to clean it up. The truth is is that no matter how much trust that we have in our parents in our formative years, by the time we get to be adults, and for some, even as early as teenagers, something or some things have happened to us to make us in some cases no longer have trust in our parents, but also people, places, and things in general. By our adult years, some have had their parents left them. Some have been abused as a child. Some grew up in foster homes as a product of the system. Some have friends who have turned their backs on them. Some were in relationships where they got cheated on. Some were in toxic relationships, inundated with domestic violence. And unfortunately, some had to deal with what we call nowadays legitimate church herd. So because of that, there are many who have become not only bitter and resentful and untrusting of people in general, but also of their parent God, the Father, who they wholeheartedly trust, trusted until adversity changed their mind and behavior. So when we go into the scriptural text, we find Jesus at Calvary, already on the cross and facing an opponent in death that he had faced on other people's behalf, but never on his own behalf, who was undefeated except for when Jesus rescued Lazarus from death's clutches. So in my mind's eye, I can see death feeling like that this was the rematch and that he finally had Jesus where he wanted him. and was going to finally have victory over Jesus, but that was not so. Now, we have to take into account that Jesus had flesh just like we do, and he experienced feelings and emotions just like we do, and his flesh did not want to die. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 26 and 39, we find Jesus praying to God knowing what was about to happen and asking God, his Father, if it be possible to take this cup of suffering and agony away from him. After all, nobody's flesh wants to feel agony, and nobody's flesh really just wants to suffer. But if we've ever been through adversity, trials, and tribulations before, we know that the suffering was for our good, and the agony was for our advancement. Jesus ultimately acquiesced to God's will and God's plan, knowing this, That God will never bring us to what he will not bring us through. I know I'm not the only one, but I, I can admit that I never liked receiving a consequence for what somebody else had done. But Jesus, who committed no sin, who thought no wrong and had no evil in him, had to suffer the worst torture known to man. Not because he sinned, but because you and I sinned. And not because he needed his blood to cover his sins, but because we needed his blood to cover our sins. Jesus released his will for the first time in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what he was going to have to eventually go through, yet he still had faith in God, his Father's plan. That was one for the Father. But I need everyone who's listening to me to know that accepting something and physically going through what we accepted is two very different things. Fast forward a little while, and the Bible says that Jesus was scourged. Or in other words, he was beaten. Not with a belt or a switch like some people used to get, but whipped 39 times with the cat of tails whip which they used to rip his flesh. They put a robe on him and a crown of thorns on his head that dug into his skin and drenched his face with blood. They made him carry his own cross up Golgotha's hill, and he was marched to his own death like a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus was spat on and assaulted with human hands along the way. And when he reached his destination where death awaited him for the rematch, and after all that he had already been through, they put nails in his hands, and they put nails in his feet, and they nailed him to a wooden cross to crucify him. They mocked him and put a sign up, mocking him being the king of Jews. And even with all that happening, Jesus still trusted that this that he was going through was the will of God for his life. That was two for the son. Once on the cross, the unbelievers challenged who he said he was and said, if you're really who you say you are, save yourself. He was bleeding profusely. He was in agonizing pain physically, and he had to raise himself up just to get breath, which was also suffocating him at the same time. The soldiers ripped his robe and cast lots to see who would get it, which was a fulfillment of Scripture. This went on for hours. To death, it probably seemed like this was finally it for Jesus. To the people watching, it looked like they were finally getting rid of who they thought was blaspheming against God. But Jesus' whole mission was to fulfill the scriptures and carry out God, his father's plan, to redeem mankind back to him. Even though it meant that he had to die in order for that to be accomplished, I need to let somebody know who's listening to me right now that there are some situations and some trials and some tribulations that we have to go through sometime where, just like Jesus, our flesh has to die in order for God's plan to be accomplished. But whatever we have to go through, we can be assured of this one thing that is working for our good. Romans 5 and 8 let us know that God commendeth, defined as presented as suitable for approval or acceptance, his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Then John three sixteen further reiterates how he commended his love towards us, where it tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus was on the cross taking on sin, and not only the sins of that time, but every sin that there ever would be. And like Romans 5 and 8 said, he wasn't doing it for him. He was doing it for you, and he was doing it for me. So he stayed on the cross until the blood covered his whole body, which on top of everything else was now ravaged with sin. I'm sure somebody looked at Jesus and said to themselves, that's too much blood. And I'm sure somebody said to themselves, just kill him already because this is too much to watch. But Jesus said, there's still some sins that they're going to do in 2022 that have not been covered yet. And there's still some sins that they're going to do in 2042 if we get to see it, that my blood has not covered yet. And when the blood of Jesus had covered every sin, I can see in my mind's eye, Jesus looking over at death and saying, nice try. But like I told you in John 10 and 18, no man or no thing taketh my life, but I lay it down so that God's plan can be accomplished. And so that God will get the glory. And when all the scripture had been fulfilled and the blood of Jesus covered every sin and when death knew that he had lost to Jesus once again, Jesus looked up to heaven and cried to God, his father, with a loud voice, I commend, or as I already told y'all, present as suitable for approval or acceptance, my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. That was for three, that was three for the Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus was saying, God, I did what you told me to do. I I suffered a long while. I went through the agony and I went through the pain, but I trusted your plan and my faith in you never changed. And now it is finished. I, I need to let somebody know that there are times where we're going to have to suffer a while. There are some times when we're going to have to go through some agonizing experiences and even some times where it's going to feel like to our flesh that God is not there. There are some times where we're going to feel like quitting and some times where we're going to feel like throwing in the towel. But those are the times where we have to trust in God, our Father, and do like Luke 23 and 46 and commit our spirits into God's hands, a.k.a. trust the plan of God for our life. It may not feel good, but trust his plan. It may not, see, it may seem like you're losing, but trust God's plan. It'll get hard sometime, but trust God's plan. It may seem like you're not gonna come out ever, but trust God's plan. It may seem like the things are never going to turn around, but trust God's plan. People may mock you and call you crazy for believing in God and trusting in God's plan and trusting in his will for your life. But I need to let those listening know today, whatever you do, Commit your spirit into the hands of God, a.k.a. trust God's plan. Back to
4: you, Apostle Ross. Amen, amen, and amen again. Chief Apostle Darren L. Williams, one of the very last words uttered by our Savior on the cross, it is finished, found in Apostle John, the 19th chapter and the 30th verses. Chief Apostle Williams.
6: My God, my God, my God. John chapter 19, verse 30. And it said, when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now, I looked here and I realized real quickly that the last seven sayings of Jesus was symbolic to the scenario of the Garden of Gethsemane. You see, because he was in prayer, the Bible says that, He left from the disciples from a stone way of distance, and he went into prayer. And as he was praying, a statement was made, glory to God. He said, Lord, let this cup pass me. Father, let this cup pass me. But nevertheless, he snapped back. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Immediately, it denoted the struggle of his will in the natural versus the will of the Father in the supernatural. But he chose the supernatural assignment because he knew what he was birthed in the earth realm to accomplish. He was the living word, but the living word had to come back into the earth realm to reconcile mankind back to the will of God. And because of him understanding his path, his journey, his assignment, his mission, and his mandate, he stuck. Adds to that divine purpose. When I looked into the word finished, I realized that the word finished means having completed or ended an action or activity. I see now, based upon all of the prior sayings, that everything was a process. And in life, we're going to have to understand this was the example that we would have to follow. It's a process of self-denial. It's a process of suffering. It's a process of removing yourself from what, to, to, what the world or what you were born in tries to shape you to be. The greatest journey that most human beings in the earth realm will experience is discovering divine purpose amongst demonic assignment, demonic ambushment, demonic attack demonic distraction. Within this realm of the earth, there are satanic forces that are utilized, by God, by the kingdom of darkness to manipulate and to bombard and to distract and to maneuver those with divine purpose from that operation. But Jesus said he is the firstborn of many brethren. Jesus said, I come, my God, that you would do greater works than what I have done. Jesus had to be the ultimate example. But before he could be the ultimate uh, example, he had to be the sacrifice. And this is where the death comes. This is where the dedication to the calling comes. This is where you lose you. This is where you come to the end of yourself. And I realized even going backwards to the time after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and he was in the wilderness. My God, he was hungry and the tempter came. Everything that the enemy came against Jesus with was in question of his identity. It was in question of his divine purpose. And the assignment of the enemy was to use his fatigue, was to use his weariness, was to use his pain, was to use his appetite in the natural to outweigh his assignment in the supernatural. But according to the word of God, every time the enemy came, he responded, it is written my God giving us an understanding that what our soul has to feed off of to fulfill divine purpose is the word of God. It's the thing that calls us to strength. It's the thing that calls us to a place where we can complete the journey. After all, this thing that we call life is nothing but a process of fulfilling purpose. Now, because of the death of Jesus, we're able to fulfill that today, but it was not able, it was not possible before his death he had to be the lamb for slaughter he had to be the ultimate sacrifice and what's even more profound is that the lamb knew his assignment the lamb knew what he had to do he lost another shot he lost all sense my God of natural identity for the assignment and this is the time and the place in his life that he must be the greatest example of being a servant of being fully submitted of being committed to the plan in the will of God. If Jesus says, into thy hands, I commit my spirit. He's saying, I did it. He's saying, it's completed. He's saying, you get the glory. He's saying, you get the honor. He's saying, it's not about me. He's saying to my body, you are nothing but a puppet on a string. He's saying to my time in the earth realm, I, I God. It was only for the glorifying of the Father. My whole ministry, his life was the epitome of ministry. And that's what the enemy is after. He's after the possibility, my God, that we will burst and walk full forth and the divine assignment. Jesus was the epitome of an assignment well done. I look here, and I had to go a little deeper, and I realized, glory to God, when he said, glory to God, into the hands I commit my spirit, it was after the second to the last saying, which was, it is, my God, finished, my God. And all of that connected, glory to God, to my God, him thirsty. That part, and I got to pick that out. I'm sorry. It stands out to me. Him being thirsty. He said, I thirst. It reminded me back to Gethsemane when he said, let the cup pass. In other words, he prophetically, my God, through the realm of spiritual knowledge, knew that the time was coming that he would have to drink the whole cup, not sip it, not not take a couple of gunk, but he had to take down the whole cup. He knew what was entailed, but he knew that he had to finish the assignment. So when we got down to the last thing, it was just him expounding to heaven. I did it. He was expounding to heaven. I gave it all. He was expounding to heaven that the will of the Father is superseded above the will of the flesh, and it had to be documented. It had to be written so they that would come behind him would be able to see this is how you do it. This is how you sacrifice. This is how you die. This is how you complete the will of the Father. We are not here for nothing. We are on divine assignment. It can even be crossed all the way back. My God, you a couple of hundred years forward. When Jeremiah wrote, the word of God came unto me saved. Before you were conceiving your mother's womb, I knew thee. I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Meaning that nobody is born in the earth realm without an assignment. That nobody is born in the earth realm without a death without a divine purpose. And going back to this New Testament statement, it is a prime example of finishing, our God, what God has put us in the earth to do. We're going to cry. We're going to suffer. We're going to bleed. It's going to be lonely. There won't be many friends. Everybody won't understand. We're going to have desire. We're going to have appetite. We're going to be tempted. Oh, good God from Zion. But I have a made-up mind. Our heart got to be fixed. We can't be wrapped up in God only. We can't be tied up in God only, but we got to be tangled up in God. We got to be so committed to even if we wanted to get out of it, we couldn't find our way out, and this is what I see in Jesus. He's saying, be like me. He says, take this course. He even told the disciples of any man follow me. If any man come after me, he must take up this cross. Because the cross will always lead us to death. But if there is no death, there will be no manifestation of resurrection. We've got to follow this way. And this is why he had to do it. Because if he did not put the period, to the end of his chapter of life. We wouldn't have an example, and the day we glorify him for it. And that's why when we experience the rejection of man, when we experience the pain of life. When we experience uh, the failure of flesh, uh, when we experience uh, my God, disappointment, uh, we've got to continue uh, to look unto the eyes, uh, the heels rather, uh, of the Lord. Come on, which with which our help come from? we got to stay focused. Uh, we can't be moved. Uh, we can't be manipulated. Uh, we can't be, my God, caught up, uh, my God, in this world because the clock is ticking up. Uh, I hear it ticking out in the spirit. Uh, it's going tick-tock. Uh, the Minutes are passing, uh, the hours are passing, the days are passing. Good uh, God from Zion, uh, the, month, the years are passing, uh, centuries are rolling by. Uh, and we have uh, a charge to keep up. Uh, we got a God to glorify, uh, we got a purpose to fulfill. Uh, and that's what I find in Jesus. Uh, I find the best example in the world of a completed assignment. He completed his assignment. You got Am I completing my assignment? Is heaven well-pleased in me. Am I in me or am I in him? Jesus went through this whole process, and ultimately that is what I saw. It's a process of suffering. It's a process of agony, but it's more importantly a process of divine destiny fulfillment. The mandate was done, and Jesus was able to yield up the ghost. And I want to make a point there. I want to make that point there. Notice he stayed on that cross all that time. And people say that it was the love that he had for us that kept him on the cross. But I want to go deeper past that. I want to go deeper past that because so many times we make, my God, things about just people. Or about, my God, ourself. But Jesus was selfless. I want to go deeper. His biggest afo- focal point of assignment was that the Father's will would be accomplished in the earth. And he could not leave until he knew it was done. He had to know it down in his mind that it was done. And ain't no real assignment from heaven ever completed without flesh being humiliated, without pride being posted up. My God is a banner, my God of defeat unto the enemy. My flesh didn't get the best of me. This world and its system and cycles did not get the best of me. My appetite in the natural didn't get the best of me. Heaven, uh, heaven got the best of me and he yielded up the ghost. He said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. What a sacrifice.
4: It is finished. Back into your hands, Apostle Ross. Amen, amen, and amen again. kingdom, Ephesians, the second chapter, the eighth through the ninth verses, declares in verse eight, for it is by grace that... God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ, that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Verse 9, not as a result of your works nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for this salvation. Dear Jesus Yeshua, we love you. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Receive us, make us new, make us whole, fill us with your spirit, and recreate in us from our character to the character of you. By your shed blood, in Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, mighty name, Hallelujah. amen. Amen.
2: If there's anybody excited about the blood of Jesus That same blood That when they hung him high And they stretched him wide That same blood That came streaming down Just for you and I The same blood Watching over your family Watching over your children The same blood The same Yeah! yeah.
0: Time. Thank you for rising us up this morning oh God Thank you for everything that you've done for us in the past Everything that you're doing for us right now And everything that you'll do for us in the future Take control of this moment oh God Have your way and let your perfect will be done Amen Amen At the power of your spiritual war, if he ready to answer, you know. Mm-hmm. So make we pray for the demons, them out of ruin, near kid and a preman. Purpose, mislead, destruction, ultimate life goal conversion. Oh God, make we stay in the word, man. Genesis to the book of Revelation. Me wish shield when we encounter Satan. We break, we pass out in all the last in the Gideon. Mighty one Address every funny gal, Every funny man Clean dotty art Dotty intention And deal with the killer Why ya kill for the wrong Please bless up every joven and Every young man Protect the little girls Give them guidance Bless up Jamaica a little island And bless Iron eye Floss iron eye Song All right